What's up and welcome in. You found yourself locked on Bulls. I'm Matt. That's Big Dave. It's October 21st, Thursday, following the Bulls opening season game, a victory over the Pistons. We're breaking that game down on a fresh episode of Locked On Bulls right now. Let's go. You are Locked On Bulls, your daily podcast on the Chicago Bulls. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Big Dave Watson. What's up? Welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host, Big Dave Watson, at BOW, B-A-W-L Sports. You can follow us at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us a text or leave us a voicemail at 331-979-1369 for our weekly mailbag episodes. Today's episode of Locked On Bulls is brought to you by... McDonald's, proudly serving community since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. You know what else I'm loving, Big Dave? The Bulls are a 1-0 NBA team for the first time in five years. Woo! Five. Fifth. Do you know how sad I was when I I heard that stat? I said, wow, they haven't won a season over in five years, but it makes sense. We know what we were watching in the past, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) It really does. And I think the, you know, we'll we'll talk about everything we we saw on on both ends of the floor last night. This was not a pretty game. This was not the Mm -hmm. bum slaying that I think maybe you, myself, and and our our listeners, Bulls fans everywhere were hoping for last night, knowing that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Pistons were without Cade Cunningham. They were one of the few teams last season that the Bulls could actually beat and confidently say they were better than. And with all of our new, you know, uh, added talents to this roster, I think we all expected the Bulls to handle this game without too much trouble. But you you, you have a 14-point first quarter because there's a lid on the basket and you're a little sloppy with the basketball. I think the Bulls at one point, early second quarter, had nine turnovers and nine made field goals. Like, mm-hmm. it was not a pretty game, but... Their defensive effort in the first half kept them in it. Zach Levine in the third quarter said, all right, y'all, get on my back. It won't be this every night, but get on my back tonight and led them to a victory. Uh, It was beautiful, Matt. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, Of course, I enjoyed it because we won. But I enjoyed it because you could sometimes, Matt, you can predict the tempo of a game, especially when you're watching a good team against a bad team. You can kind of predict predict the tempo of the game and how it's going to go. Uh, the Bulls came out looking like a team who, you know, were trying to figure it out. The other thing I, I kept forgetting is the Bulls didn't really play a lot of road games in the preseason. Uh, mm-hmm. They, I believe they played one, and that was in Cleveland. Right. So they didn't play. Three out of four were at home. So they, they're used to being at home. So I expected some jitters, you know what I'm saying, some let's figure it out kind of thing. And you saw that in the first quarter. Watching in the first quarter and the second quarter, nothing about it said the Bulls will lose this game. It just said the Bulls aren't hitting shots. That's mm-hmm. all I got from it. Um, because it wasn't like the Pistons were out here, you know, like world beating. They were hitting shots. I'm like, you're out of your mind if you think the Pistons are going to continue hitting shots like that throughout the season. Like, they were, they just looked uh, amazing shots. You know what I mean? Like, come on, stop it. This isn't going to continue. 
And it didn't continue uh, that much in the second half, even though they kept it close. And let me give them credit because they kept it close and they battled and they definitely fought and they were definitely tough. And they definitely didn't give in at all. Every time Bulls went up and I was like, oh, okay, cool. We got that two-point lead. We're good. They'll come back down and hit a three. You know, and and they played really, really good. And, yeah, they should be something to uh, watch uh, for this upcoming season. But the Bulls were the better team with the biggest star. And that biggest star, Matt, was Zach Levine. I mean, we we talked a lot this offseason about Zach maybe having stats come down a little bit this season because you add in DeMar, because you're going to have a full season building chemistry with Vooch, a guy who can clearly, you know, on, on any given night be uh, a 1A option on offense. And so Zach's, you know, usage percentage and maybe points per game and all that kind of stuff might come down a little bit, maybe shot. But hopefully efficiency stays where it was last season or even increases a little bit. 9 of 17, uh, or, or sorry, 11 of 17 from the field last night for Zach. Mm. But I think the biggest key for Zach's game last night, and it included some big ones late in this game to, to secure the W for the Bulls, 11 of 11 at the free throw line. Look, we talked a lot about how DeMar DeRozan's arrival could increase the Bulls' competency on the offensive end and just like a safety net on the offensive end DeMar DeRozan's ability to draw fouls and get to the free throw line he only did that once last night he actually missed both of his free throws I think that's not a concern that was just a weird night for DeMar but if Zach Levine is finally going to start getting some respect from NBA refs because the refs certainly seemed to be on uh, on Detroit side last night when it came to most of the calls but what Mm. they did do was anytime Zach drew contact, whether he was going up for a shot or on transition on a break, he even got a clear path foul called in his favor last night. Zach Levine Mm -hmm. finally has arrived. And if Zach Levine, in addition to his efficiency as an off-ball threat, can get to the line 8 to 12 times a night, I mean, that's just free points for the Bulls every single night. Yeah, sky was the limit with with Zach if that's the case, Matt. And it should be the case because – of how he drives to the bucket and doesn't shy away from contact. Like, he welcomes it. He He's bringing it on. Um, but it's so hard to stop because he can only do that. And then that step back three, Matt, and they talked about it. Uh, Adam Amin and Stacey talked about it a lot during the broadcast, like how many step back threes he takes, uh, he and Kobe White, how many they take mm-hmm. uh, throughout the season. And we saw how pretty it was. I believe he only hit one, but my guy yeah, was he was one pretty. of five last night. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so pretty and so timely. Uh, when he mm-hmm. hit that shot, he was just everything you want your star or even superstar to be. He was great on both ends of the floor. It wasn't forced. We are so used to watching Zach force things, try to make it happen because he has to. There was none of it. It was so smooth and so cool. The biggest compliment I can give to the new regime about Zach Levine's play is he did not look uh, gassed or looked like he was trying to take a rest or trying to take a break on either mm-hmm. end of the floor. He was engaged, Matt, the entire time, especially on the defensive end when he's fighting through those screens, you know, getting up on that defender, uh, uh, trying to guide him uh, towards the baseline or guide him to the middle of the floor so they could be double teamed. Like, he was active. When he hit that miracle shot over his head and got the am one, when he went and high-fived his teammates, Matt, the way he talked to them, though, when he high found like, I got it. That's all he was saying, though. I got it. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. I got it. We got it. We good. Don't even strip. Mm-hmm. My, that's the confidence that you want your star to instill in your team. And he did an amazing job of doing that. 
And one last thing I saw about him back that was also impressive, the block he had. <laughs> that that three-point shot, when he got that block, my goodness, Matthew Peck, what an amazing block on a three-point shot. And, I mean, he was a great block. And, I mean, after he blocked it, he fought for the ball. Like, it wasn't mm-hmm. a block and then, you know, you get it. No, he fought for that basketball to give his team that extra possession, man. Zach Levine was everything that the Bulls want in a star player. And hopefully we get to see that every single game from here on out. Yeah, I, I also loved that block. Um, uh, One of the great examples of the Bulls defense last night doing a, a good enough job, like I said, to keep them in the game while their offense was really struggling, you know, missing open looks all over the place. Because, like, yes, the, the Pistons were getting looks in the paint early and often last night. Uh, the, the final points in the paint actually only ended up being a slight margin for Detroit, I believe 50 to 46 when all was said and done. But the perimeter defense of the Bulls that we've talked about, the point of attack defense that we've talked about improving, we talked about controlling the Pistons behind the three-point line in our episode yesterday. Mm-hmm. Pistons last night, just 6 of 28 from behind the three-point line for 21.5%. The fact that the Bulls defense was able to limit that part of Detroit's offense on a night when their own offense was struggling, kept this a winnable game for the Bulls. That Zach Block in particular was incredible, but they put pressure on Detroit shooters all night and did not give them, other than a couple of instances that I can recall where they had a blown rotation or or somebody forgot to rotate, like, there were a couple of wide open threes for Detroit, but like the fact that I can only remember two or three of them means that the Bulls did a pretty good job with their perimeter defense last night. We've got to talk about the bench production last night, or lack thereof, Dave. Mm. We didn't really talk about Mm. that on Outcast last night. Uh, I'm curious what you you think about that. Before we do that, though, would you like to give a shout-out to our newest sponsor here on Locked on Bulls, those delicious Uh, folks making burgers and fries and everything else over at Mickey D's? Look here, man. Look, if you are a human being, I don't care where you live in the world, if you are a human being, you go to McDonald's. You have been to McDonald's. You have enjoyed McDonald's. Because not only is it the food, it is actually the experience of going in. I remember so many times, Matt, when I was young and as a child, as a kid, when uh, at daycare or at, or at school or kindergarten or something, when we would all gather together and go down the street to the McDonald's, the teachers would take us down there and they would buy us the cheeseburgers and the hamburgers. They come out with them, you know, on the trays and everything, sit it out in front of the kids and we would be playing on the slides. You know, we would be just having the time of our lives on the Ronald McDonald statue, just having an absolute ball. It is a staple. McDonald's is an actual staple in, in, in a lot of people's lives, including mine. And not just because it was a cool place to go, because like I mentioned, that food is tasty. Mm. Amazing stuff, man. After Little League games, birthday parties, man, now you can go there when your Wi-Fi, you know, head is down and you need to get some work done. You always hit McDonald's. It's got everything you need from the food to the community to the service. They got you covered. So go on down to McDonald's, y'all. Refuel and reconnect and go ahead and enjoy a Big Mac on me. I promise you. Say my name. They'll still charge you, but say my name. And then you can have a Big Mac, y'all. Have it. Enjoy it. Because it's Vicky D's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Enjoy it. 
That's uh, one of my favorite Jim Gaffigan stand-up jokes when he's talking about how much he loves McDonald's. Is Has your mother ever cooked anything as delicious as a McDonald's french fry? Because the answer is no. No. They're the most delicious things on the planet. Man, oh my god! Fries, my goodness! So many wonderful <sighs> days at McDonald's. I want some right now. Like my my <laughs> mouth is watering, like Pavlov's yeah. dog. You're talking about McDonald's, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god! I want some McDonald's French fries right now. Um, That's how it works. <laughs> all right, so we know that Vooch and DeRozan both had off nights as far as shooting the ball. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Zach talked about it after the game. Was like, whatever. Tonight, I handled the load. I'm still happy and confident, knowing that there will be plenty of nights where I'm having an off night shooting. And one of them is going to take the reins. Let's now mm-hmm. shift to maybe the bigger concern from the Bulls as far as an offensive production standpoint last night, Big Dave, despite the victory. And that was a bench that gave you next to nothing. Ten mm-hmm. points from the Bulls' second unit. Seven points from the Rook, Io DeSumo, And just one Ooh. made three for three points for Alex Caruso. Now, we know and love already everything that is Alex Caruso 27 minutes yeah. lead leading yeah. the team in bench points uh bench minutes rather close the game which I think a lot of us knew Donovan would certainly explore that that option and will continue to do so um in, in close games late this season because his defense is just that that important but when it comes mm-hmm. to a lack of scoring from this second unit what are your primary concerns right now Oh, that's a good question. Um, I would say the three-point shooting is a primary concern because um, you don't have it. You know, nobody that you're just truly dependent on that you know can get that shot. You know what I mean? That you know can just handle that. That's a that's a concern. You know, even when Io hit his three, it was more like, yay! You know, it wasn't like a confident, like, oh, this was going in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was like, ooh, yay! You know, like that. So uh, Caruso, he's, a, he's definitely a solid three-point shooter for sure. But you're going to need more than that one. You know what I'm saying? So if he's that one, then that means I'm going to need somebody who's breaking down the defense. Uh, a la Kobe White. Hello. He's going to be important, guys. <laughs> he's going to be important. The other thing that concerned me, Matt, was on the offensive end, it seemed like they didn't have an identity about what they knew what to do and how to do it. Mm-hmm. And what I meant by that is there were players I would watch Alizé Johnson get the ball, and he's trying to cross people over. <laughs> go to the bucket and i'm like yeah wait what no like, no 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 don't do that <laughs> you know what i'm saying like let's no know your right role now. know your role alvin yeah. johnson Real go talk. crash the board you know I mean? don't don't try yeah. to like get iso buckets right it was i i hear your your guy kendrick perkins talk about that like i got handles but you know they never let me you know handle the ball and, and rich jefferson be like yeah there's a reason <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's great you can dribble you that's awesome but we don't need you to do that and that shouldn't be part of uh of the game and especially uh yesterday's game but he was mm-hmm. trying to make something happen which i don't fault him for but it, it was like ah i don't want to see that all the time so we got to find somebody who who can actually uh settle stuff down and you know get those guys a bucket i have no issues with what they did on the defensive end they were awesome on the defensive end and the pressure uh they put on everyone Alex Caruso with the floor burns uh, all the time. It mm. was great. But on the offensive end, Matt, yeah, 10 points. I believe 32 to 10 was, was the final tally as far as bench points uh, yep. from the Pistons to the to Bulls. Yep. And it came from two people. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was two people out there. So you, we want to see more from guys like Javante Green. Uh, we want to see him, you know, come into his own, step on into there. 
And maybe we see uh, Matt Thomas get a shot at this too, Matt, um, because of, you know, his three-point shooting and what he brings that way. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of questions on the bench, but I'd like the fact that most of the questions really have to do from scoring. And they did a good job trying to stop and, make, and, and succeeding in stopping mm-hmm. the other team from scoring. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we all were somewhat concerned about a lack of shooting in this second unit. Um, especially as you mentioned, until Kobe White comes back and dear Kobe White, please, please, please come back as soon as you can. Cause boy, could they have used his scoring punch off the bench last night? Um, just a guy who can, um, you know, get to the rim, uh, maybe break guys down off the dribble a little bit. And then certainly if Caruso or somebody else is in there along with Kobe in that second unit, or maybe DeMar is playing that second unit, you know, ball handling, that is an automatic catch and shoot weapon in Kobe White, yeah. which they did. They legitimately just did not have last night in no, the second unit. No. That is a concern, and it. It. I was thinking about this because Dave, you and I talked about this earlier on. I think you know training camp preseason, as far as how Billy Donovan's going to stagger his starters, and last night we saw him go the same route that we did for the most part in preseason, which was mm-hmm. keeping Zach and Vooch and that duo together on the floor longer into the first quarter, subbing out DeMar and Lonzo, and then staggering them into the second unit. And I said this to you, Dave, staggering DeMar with the second unit was a bit of a concern for me because unlike Lonzo, or yeah, unlike Lonzo and unlike Zach and even Vooch, you got a a second unit with not a whole lot of shooting in it right now. And then you got Mm -hmm. DeMar who also, when it comes to floor spacing and perimeter shooting, is not a threat. Although, you know, I, I believe we it saw DeMar hit another three last night, right? So, <laughs> he did. But like, hit a big one. Hit a big but one. But <laughs> anytime he hits one in preseason or last night, we're like, oh, my God. Right. So No, 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 no. Yeah. You know. <laughs> I, I, am, I am concerned about that right now as far as the way that sure. Billy is staggering DeMar with that second unit because there's just not enough shooting in that second unit right now. What say you to that concern? That's a fair concern. Um, I think I countered that slightly with when I think about the Spurs. And the, and I looked at these numbers. When DeMar DeRozan was on the floor with those guys, and I'm talking about Lonnie Walker and Johnson and Patty Mills, all of their three-point percentages went up, all of them. Uh, Patty Mills went to about 40%. He was shooting about 36 or 38. Um, Lonnie Walker, just not a great three-point shooter. But his percentage definitely went up. Johnson's, his percentage definitely went up. There was another play. I can't remember his name right now. But everybody's percentage went up when DeMar DeRozan was on the floor and being the one facilitating and being the one, you know, handling the basketball. But at the same time, they they kind of played that kind of style. You know what I'm saying, Matt? Like, you kind of got him the ball and then you can spread out, you know what I mean, around him, you know what I mean, and kind of go camp out and post up at the three-point line because Patty Mills is going to shoot that ball and you know Lonnie Walker he's going to shoot like these guys are going to shoot the basketball like that but Stanley Johnson I mean not Stanley excuse me Alizé Johnson is not going to be you know camping out you know saying around Mm -hmm. the three-point line that's not going to be the case um uh Io is not going to be camping out around the three-point line that's just not going to be the case uh so I'm I'm I think they can get it together and figure it out because I like how DeMar said in the press conference after the game that they're used to the second unit kicking their butts. And 
it was good to see them kick somebody else's <laughs> but because they're always yeah. kicking ours. So that again, that goes to the defense. But as far as the offensive is concerned, I don't think he's gotten enough time with that to figure out where everybody likes it and where they need to be and stuff like that. And I think it's if it, it, it showed more because he was off uh, as far as his shooting was concerned and, and how he was scoring. And he wasn't getting to the foul line. That's the other big part of that. So he couldn't slow things down uh, like I always thought he would. Like he would get that. He would get fouled hit two free throws, slow things down, and then that defense will clamp on you. Then we can get the ball and we can run. So I expect to see more of that when those fouls start getting called like they're supposed to be. And mm-hmm. then we can settle some stuff down, and then maybe that three-point shooting will come. But it is a valid concern, and it just shows you uh, how much we're going to need uh, Kobe White out there, man. He's, he's going to be needed for sure. Um, final thoughts on the, on the second unit. And then I want to shift back, uh, to the starters and talk about the nights that, that the, the two youngsters of the starting five Lonzo and Patrick Williams had, but, um, you know, we talked about this a little bit last night, Dave, Troy Brown, Jr. Questionable to play comes in four minutes, three quick fouls. Donovan gives him the plug and, um, probably to the surprise of most Bulls fans, Io Desumu gets some run in his, uh, NBA season debut. Uh, Io played 11 minutes off the bench, had that awesome quick succession of back-to-back layups um, when the Bulls went from down two to up two to pivotal moment uh, in the second half. And uh, also, as you said, knocked down a big three. Interesting DNPs from Billy Donovan. I think based on what Javante and, and Alizé Johnson showed in the preseason, it wasn't a huge surprise to me that both of those guys got run over the likes of yeah. Derek Jones Jr. and Tony Bradley. I think maybe some Bulls fans expected to see one or either of those guys in there, yeah. but yeah. I have yeah. no issue with that when it came to Billy Donovan's rotation. And mm-hmm. like also kudos to Billy for throwing Io in there because I think Io showed us some some cool stuff in a preseason, certainly showed mm-hmm. us that he is not afraid to 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 take this next mm-hmm. step and play at the NBA level. I think he's already earned a, a fair amount of respect from his veteran teammates for the way that he has oh, approached yes. his rookie season. Um, you know, asking everybody a bunch of questions, working as hard as he has been in training camp. And he made the most of an, uh, a, a probably a surprise opportunity last night. Absolutely right, man. You, you hit that on the head. Cause again, in that press conference, Zach and DeMar were raving about IO and how much they like him and how they really haven't been around a young player. That's as calm as he is. And mm-hmm. nothing gets too high, nothing gets too low. Because I mentioned it uh, when we talked about it on the show yesterday when we were doing Bulls Outcast, how he just didn't look sporadic. You know what I mean? You were expecting certain rookie things to happen to him that didn't really happen. You know, I I never, I didn't see him out of position. You know what I mean? I didn't see him dribble the ball off his foot. I did see him turn it over because he was trying to make a play because mm-hmm. he was running before he got the ball. That That's stuff that they in football that happens. You know what I mean? Like guys making a move before the ball is in their hands. He was making the move before the ball is in his hands. The layup that got blocked, um, you got to go have go up stronger than that, as Stacey King told him, bro. Like, this ain't the Big Ten, brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's a little different here. You know, everybody's an athlete out here. And shout out Josh Jackson. That's the guy Matt Peck was pointing out on the last show about somebody who could be doing that thing and he definitely did his thing in the game so absolutely but io was so impressive though matt because it didn't rattle him those mistakes those things didn't rattle him it didn't where i felt it would it didn't that that sequence when he got the layup the steal and then the layup again and then that three-point shot he hit matt 
I mean, and they were all necessary and huge points, you know, mm -hmm. and they came within the flow of the game. And he left them in in the fourth quarter. What that is going to pay dividends for this kid and his kind of trust in as far as, you know what I'm saying, how he feels about his game and his confidence and stuff like that. It's going to pay dividends, man, when coach believes in you in your first game ever. And he's got you on the road, like, get in the game and you and you produce. Yo, beautiful, man. So I we're going to see more of him. He played himself into minutes the same way Javante Green did. He has definitely played himself into minutes. All right, we're going to talk about Lonzo and Patrick Williams and the nights they had in just a minute. First, though, Ooh. if you find yourself a little wired after that Bulls game last night, after all the waiting, finally we get there. The Bulls win their season debut for the first time in five years. You're bouncing off the walls. You can't sleep. Well, we've got something for you, and it's called Calm. When it comes to athletes, we tend to focus on physical fitness, but there's another side to the game that's just as important, mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James to help you train your mind to become the champion version of yourself. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, but you don't have to be a world champion to learn how to train it. Calm can help you train your brain so you sleep better, reduce your stress, and perform at your best. For LeBron, sleep is a critical part of his mental fitness routine. He says this, quote, getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. From the sound of rain falling on leaves to bedtime sleep stories, calm puts me to sleep within minutes, which means I wake up ready for any challenge. So if you head to calm.com slash locked on NBA for a limited time, you'll get 40% off of a calm premium subscription. With Calm, you have access to the nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves, and so much more, like sleep stories and meditations, so you can be ready for any challenges that life throws your way. Again, for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron in using Calm and get a 40% discount on a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash locked on NBA. Unlock, unlock content to help you focus, ease stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash locked on NBA. That's calm.com slash locked on NBA. Mm. Oh, I feel more chill already. If that can be a thing. But let me tell you what, I wasn't yesterday because I was watching that Bulls game. Oh, that sweatiness was going down, baby. But you know what? I wasn't worried and I wasn't concerned. Why? Because I had dabbed up with that wonderful thing that they call sweat block. It is my offensive line stopping me from being offensive to people who got to hug me and touch me and they feel all that sweat. That's done with, baby. All right. Because it's got a dry shirt guarantee. All right. And if you if they don't keep you dry, guess what? They will give you your money back. Works up to seven days per use, guys. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. It's doctor created. It's doctor recommended. And because somebody definitely asked me this in the YouTube comments, I remember you asking me this. It's not just for armpits, chest, back, feet, hands, anywhere you want to use it. And look at me. I mean, anywhere. You, you want know what we're talking it. about, guys. Right. You know that area we're you know, talking about. <laughs> you know, how's about your father? <laughs> you know, a little. Yeah, it, it works. All right. Do your thing and use it, man. So go to their website and use the promo code locked on to receive 20% off of your purchase. Go to sweatblock.com 
or you can go to Amazon or you can go to CVS and get that same wonderful deal just using that promo code locked on. Sweat block anywhere. Anywhere. I mean, who put a who put a question mark in the teleprompter again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. So two players who Bulls fans have great expectations for this season. Lonzo Ball and second year player Patrick Williams. Lonzo, fresh start, uh young kid with uh huge upside in front of him. And of course, Patrick Williams, Bulls fans hoping that he builds off of his rookie year, not only by being a quality defensive piece, but maybe expanding his offense this season a little bit too. Last night, maybe we saw the first example of it being hard for Patrick Williams to come by greater offensive opportunities this season because he is playing in a starting unit with mm-hmm. plenty of other legitimate scoring weapons. Pete mm-hmm. up last night in 28 minutes, just six points on three shots. I did like a lot of what we saw from from Patrick on the defensive end. He got burned a couple of times by Jeremy Grant. He also had some possessions where he locked down Jeremy Grant very impressively. Yeah. Big yeah. Dave, I know it's just one game, but what was your mm-hmm. thought watching Patrick last night and the underwhelming presence he had on the offensive end? My thought was he's not ready yet. And what I mean by that is he's not ready because I don't think the ankle is ready yet. And he hasn't had that time to play in preseason. So he hasn't mm-hmm. rounded in the form. I don't mean that he's not ready to play basketball in the NBA or with the starting lineup. Uh, but he, yeah, he's he's still, I think he's still kind of dealing with that, uh, just getting that part together. And the rest of that stuff will come. Again, man, we mentioned this in the in the uh uh previous shows. The thing that's we about Patrick Williams is one, we're not asking him to be that dude. You know, he's your fourth or fifth option. But we are asking you to guard the best player on the other team. And that's exactly what he was doing. Um, like you said, there are moments he was locking down uh, Jeremy Grant. There was moments Jeremy Grant was giving him buckets. Why? Because it's Jeremy Grant. I mean, do you remember him scoring 40 mm-hmm. on us? Because I do. <laughs> like, he, he, the dude can play. Like, he is not no kind of punk. He is, he is serious business out there. So I'm not concerned. It just, when I saw it, I was like, yeah, he's not ready yet. Not yet. You know, he's still, I said, give him a couple games to work his way back to those things. Even on the alley-oop, Matt, but that Lonzo Ball threw from half court, mm-hmm. mind you. Even mm-hmm. on that alley-oop that he threw, you saw Patrick kind of bobble it when it, when it got there. But, you know, since yeah. he's just so talented and skilled, he was able to control it a little bit and lay it in. But you know what was great about it? Was I knew it wasn't Lonzo's fault. Because I knew who was throwing him the ball. I was like, right. nope, the pass was perfect. I'm pretty the sure pass the pass was, was perfect. And, like, you watched the replay. The pass was perfect. Like, right yeah. in the exact exact yeah. spot it needed to be. <laughs> yeah, so it removes that doubt. Like, having Lonzo removes that doubt. I'm like, no, that, that's on Patrick right there. Because I know that was in your hand. I knew it. I knew it was in his hand. So, seeing him do that and just how he was moving and things like that, I'm like, yeah, he's he's getting his win, you know. He'll be fine is what I'm saying. He'll He's just getting reacclimated, and it's going to take him a couple of games to do that. Hopefully it comes quicker than that. And luckily we're uh, playing not great uh, teams yet, but we will be soon. So hopefully it clicks in for him around that time, man. Yeah, um, and, and because you, you mentioned that uh, connection uh, between him and Lonzo on the on that uh, 
uh, transition bucket, which was great fun to watch. That Other than that, and then there was one other amazing outlet pass that Lonzo had. I want to say it was in the third quarter when the Bulls were kind of making their way back in. It was a great outlet pass, I believe, out to Zach, who then um, you know got to the, the bucket and drew some fouls. Um, mm-hmm. Other than that, we did not see a whole lot of Lonzo-oriented offensive sets last night. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw some of them in preseason, but I think... No, nobody ever really has believed, or at least I, I, I don't believe, and I, I don't think you do that. That Lonzo is like a Chris Paul kind of point guard who is going to just like run the offense in the half court every time up the floor. He oh, is no. just a utility belt piece, and the fact that we saw in preseason the Bulls between Lonzo, Vooch, Zach, Demar have all of these different screening and pick and roll opportunities and the ball moves and guys move off the ball. And Lonzo is, a, is an integral piece of that, but he did not seem to be for large stretches of last night, at least the way I saw it, Dave, very engaged on the offensive end. Yet he, he had four turnovers, I believe five of 12 from the field. We love what he's doing on the defensive end. And Lonzo was, you know, creating havoc and creating turnovers on the defensive end, clamping people down. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Are you at all concerned about what you saw from Lonzo last night when it comes to how this Bulls offense is going to operate with him as their starting point guard? No, uh, I wasn't concerned. Um, what I saw a lot of, and I think, hope, and I should say, I hope he gets out of this, which was probably my only concern, was the overpassing uh, that he was doing. I knew he he was going to pass. Like, he would get to the bucket, Matt, and – and I'll be like, oh, that's a shot. And then he's passing the ball, you know, behind him to someone. Mm-hmm. And then would be a turnover. You know what I'm saying? Like that. So that gave me concern because that, I've seen him do that kind of, you know, his whole career. Like he was, he would get there, he would penetrate, and all you got to do is go up and finish. And then he didn't. And he was trying to pass and, you know, because that's kind of how he is. You know, he's a pass first person, period, point blank. I need him to get that selfishness. And I saw it kind of in the fourth quarter um, in that second half, Matt, because that shot he took, what, what, as you call it, the Scottie Pippen or the Tim Duncan shot, whichever one you want to go with, where oh. he drove and he put it off the backboard, was vicious. That was, <laughs> was, that was sexy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very attractive. And it was wonderful to see that. And they needed that. It was a needed bucket and a needed shot. The three-pointers that he hit were needed. And you saw... I think he goes in that category, Matt, with guys who are kind of out of sync, you know what I'm saying, and mm-hmm. with their game and like that, and just trying to find out. Because as smooth as it looked in the preseason, you're still trying to find out where guys like it, you know what I mean, and how mm-hmm. they want to do it. But with him, he's got to get get out of that overpassing, man. I know he's passed first, which is beautiful, but when you get to that bucket and nobody is there and you're 6'6", <laughs> you know what I mean? I need you to go ahead and lay that in. And not right. think about that assist so so hard. So you saw him kind of get a little more aggressive in the fourth, but that would be like a a minor concern for me because those led to to too many of the turnovers that he had because he could have easily just had maybe one or two and then kind of forced the other turnovers upon himself because he was trying to make a play. Right, and, and so you know his shot splits uh, on the night end up being two of six behind the three point line. Five of 12 overall. So half of his attempts inside the arc, half outside. 
I don't mind that split when it comes to Lonzo's, you know, uh, shot chart on any given night. I think that could be okay. Um, you know, maybe on some nights instead of two of six, he hits three or four of six. Wouldn't that be lovely? But I'm, I'm also not that concerned yet as far as just one game and the way that we saw him run that offense, because guess what? He finished the night with four assists. If any of his four teammates in that starting five could hit a shot to save their life in the first quarter, yeah. the Bulls put up 14 yeah. points. Maybe we're talking about a night where Lonzo actually had seven or eight assists. Um, so, you know, it, it's all relative in that regard. I just thought it was interesting that, you know, other than a couple of transition opportunities, he didn't necessarily look to be running things on the offensive end. But again, doesn't necessarily have to be that way. It's just right. what we saw. Um, but but credit to him, not only, as I mentioned, his defense, but for the work he did on the boards last night. You know, you and I talked yesterday about how important it's going to be for the wings and the forwards on this team and even some of the guards to chip in rebounding because Very this important. is an undersized team. Vooch did his part. He had 15 boards last night. DeRozan, Lonzo, and Zach combined for 20 more rebounds. That's the Ooh. kind of stuff you need to see from your from your yeah. guards and your wings chipping in on the glass, especially when you're dealing, you know, with uh, with being an undersized team. And you know, like as we said, um, uh, Billy Donovan decided to go to Alize instead of Tony Bradley, which you know, yeah. Tony Bradley yeah. might be three or, <laughs> might might be three or four inches taller than Alize Johnson, but <laughs> put each like of that. them in a game for the number some same number of minutes, and Alize's coming out with four x the amount of rebounds as Tony Bradley. I guarantee. Right. <laughs> That's so wild. And, and also, I want to say I wanted to say this in the first segment, Matt, but real quickly, I want to give Matt Peck his props because once again, something happened that he said would happen in this game. And if you listen to the show, he talked about this. He talked about Vooch being the trailer on the three-point shot and how important that would be. And what did you see when he hit that three that Zach Levine gave him the ball and the Bulls finally took a lead? Who was it he passed it to? It was Vucevic trailing, and he hit it top of the key, cash money. That was Matt Peck who said that was going to be a thing, and y'all saw it be a thing and how important it was in that game. Beautiful. Yeah. Vooch continues to struggle, you know, with his shots as we saw him in preseason. Uh, he was one of four from behind the three-point line last night, just seven of 21 overall. This is just a weird little slump that Vooch is in. And oh, when yeah, he starts yeah. making his bunny looks, when DeMar knocks down more of those mid-range looks, he, you know, DeMar and Vooch yeah. both had bad shooting nights last night. But, hey, here's the important thing. The Bulls played quality team defense for enough of those 48 minutes, and Zach Levine was Zach Levine, and it didn't yes. matter. It didn't matter. It did Vooch matter. and DeMar both had off-night shooting, and the Bulls come out victorious regardless. That's the kind of stuff you're going to need to see for this team to make a big jump as far as their win-loss record this season, win the ugly games too. The Bulls never won the ugly mm. games last season. They won an ugly Great. one to kick off this new season. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Bulls. Appreciate y'all for tuning in as always. If you aren't already, subscribe to us on that YouTube channel, Locked On Bulls, and hit us up on social media on Twitter. We're at Bulls underscore Peck, Bow, B-A-W-L Sports, and Locked On Bulls. Hit us up on that text and vo voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Maybe we'll do some uh, some mailbag to send y'all into the weekend for tomorrow's episode. Who knows? Stick around to find out. For Dave, I'm Matt. Until next time, Bulls Nation, we're 1-0. Oh! T-Red, be good. <laughs> Peace out.